the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For business and investing news, this is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Former Governor Nikki Haley says her presidential campaign is driving liberals nuts. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reports. Haley told the Conservative Political Action Conference that liberals and the mainstream media can't stand the fact that she's a conservative. I'm a woman. I'm a minority. And I'm the daughter of immigrants. I am proof that liberals are wrong about everything they say about America. Speaking at CPAC one day before Donald Trump, Haley urged conservatives to put their trust in a new generation of leaders. Greg Clugston, Washington. After a week of heavy snow, some people in California's San Bernardino Mountains are trapped. Folks, we're here for you. We're going to dig you out, and we are coming. We are making tremendous progress. The San Bernardino County Sheriff Shannon Dykes' comments airing on ABC7 LA. This is SRN News. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. Let's make a difference. rwcinfo.org. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome to King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for being here with us today. Um, I, I used to hear a host on another show long ago you say, I know you have a lot of choices of how to spend your time. Thank you for choosing to spend that with us. And I've always liked that intro, so... I just flat out stole it, and so that's mine. Thank you for choosing us as your place to spend a Saturday morning, or if you're listening to us on a Sunday, or if you're listening to us on the podcast at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Thank you for making that choice and making some time to spend with us today. Um, 651-289-4477, 651-289-4477, number to call with questions and comments. Um Normally, you would have guessed that because it's uh, the first Saturday of the month that it'd be Job Saturday. But February's so weird, right? Uh, and because of how they always schedule the jobs report to be done, the survey work to be done on the same on the week that contains the same day every month, they often have to put off till the next week. This is one of those times. So we don't, it's not job Saturday this week, which means this feels sort of like what we used to, what we've frequently called fifth Saturday. You get two to three of them a year. And fifth Saturday usually means King gets to do some, some really different things. So in the second hour, I want to talk about an issue that popped up this week, kind of Kind of surprisingly, kind of not surprisingly, there's been a lot of discussion of ESG investing over the last uh, several uh, months. I'd actually argue it's been going on for about a year or two, uh, bubbling up and people sort of wondering what's going on. And it actually broke out into the public sphere, really, just this week with Congress passing a law saying saying, in essence, the fiduciary duty of a fund manager, like a pension fund or mutual fund, cannot be violated to meet ESG goals. And President Biden issuing a statement to say, I'm going to veto that. And so it's now out there kind of front and center. And... I'd like to talk about that, but I'm going to do it in a way that I would probably do it more in a classroom setting, um, including some clips from an old speech that Milton Friedman gave back in the 1970s. Um, there, there's, there's several of his longer talks uh, that are available online. I, 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 there's a, there's a, something called the Free to Choose Network uh, and I, I freely admit that uh, I will spend evenings in my basement with YouTube on my big screen and just play old Friedman, uh, Friedman speeches from the 70s. Um, I, I always find that I can learn more from them, by learn more uh, nowadays by doing that. So I'm hoping to share just a couple minutes of, of Professor Friedman with you today um, and, and in, in that context. But before we do that, here in the first hour of the show, 
What a confusing, weird time to be a forecaster. Uh, I am currently tracking to make a, uh, I've got to make a new set of slides. I've got a new set of talks coming up here as we lead toward our next quarterly business report that we're actually delayed a couple weeks in putting out, but will be out uh, the first week of April um, in a new place. Um, and, and we'll tell you more as we get closer to that date. But I begin to prepare sort of the ground for, okay, so here's the first half 2023 base case that I have for what's going on in the economy. I get um, surprised by um, a, a piece in, on 538. So, again, popular culture, right? To me, if it shows up in 538, that means that the that the talking heads, heads or the wagging tongues of uh, Washington and New York and San Francisco and L.A. and Chicago have all decided to latch on to um, this particular story. The story of the week really is a version of the headline from 538 on Tuesday. Are we headed for a recession or not? Subtitle, why our usual economic indicators aren't pointing in a clear direction. And I, I read this like, can you tell me when, so first of all, I was interested, so what do you consider your usual economic indicators? Can you show me how they usually were pointed in a clear direction before? And now again, you can tell me why they're not all going in the same direction this time. I, I've been very, very clear with people. This recession, the recession we had and the, from COVID and the expansion that's happened out of COVID looks nothing like anything we've seen before for a very simple reason. I was listening to a talk by somebody describing what's going on in their particular business. And he said, he said, I wish I had a way to compare this, but frankly, I don't have any data about my business from 1918 because my business didn't exist in 1918. And, and saying that basically the only way you could have learned about what was going on was, I, you know, the COVID shock. Everything's, his, his case for his business was the COVID shock was a shock that really hit my business in a way that we've just never seen before. And this business has been around a long time. But... And I actually think the business was here in 1918, but he just probably doesn't have any records to rely on uh, to do that, to do that kind of work. But this piece po posted here uh, and it was um, was the, the focus being on these key facts. I'm just going to take the the subheadings of the 538 piece and comment on them a little bit. A strong labor market and slowing inflation means we're heading for a soft landing. Lots of talk over the last few weeks that we're headed for a soft landing. Indeed, um, indeed, you saw additional information that the economy was strong this week. So, for example, um, if you looked at uh, you know durable goods orders, they were negative for February. But then, if I look at capital goods, if I look at if I look at the goods orders and goods shipments for February, 
that are being that are that are uh, I say for January that are being posted. Um, there's a lot of information that's being produced that is that says businesses are still hiring. Now, again, one confounding factor in the data that that we talked about a lot last week that we have to keep in mind is the weather pattern for December, worse than usual, depressing numbers, and then January, better than usual, um, better than usual, inflating numbers, is making it very hard for people to flex around and figure out what's what's going on. So, so the first header, strong labor market, right? The five hundred seventeen thousand jobs that we got back at the you know for January, and we'll get a new number on the jobs report next week. We don't know what that's going to say, but but indications are it's probably going to be a pretty good number. Um, as as we approach as we approach the end of the week, indeed, I'll go I'll go find you the consensus forecast after the break, and read that to you so you can start thinking in advance about what that might be, um, and and so the soft landing approach is still out there, supported by data like what happened on on capital goods, or if I look at the look at the data that was released yesterday uh, on uh, on service sector uh, PMI. That number is is good. New orders being high in that area, and and so the overall number checked in at fifty five point one, almost equal to the fifty five point two for January, and so the very first peak we have at February data, which is the purchasing managers index on the service sector, says it's still strong. Okay, and so the Fed's raising rates and. And the economy's still going along well, and all of a sudden people are saying, hmm, demand still seems to be high. If demand is high, doesn't that mean prices will continue to rise? Doesn't that mean we need we have more inflation going on? And wouldn't that mean that the Federal Reserve actually is going to have to do more than we than it had done before? So what I'm talking about in this hour, you know, is is everything that from the people saying the economy is doing all right, including a talk by um, by Raphael Bostock, the head of the Atlanta Fed, who is like, yeah, we might want to pause and make sure that we're not going overboard to a piece uh, yesterday in the Wall Street Journal from Jason Furman, President Obama's former chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, but someone who has been perhaps not as often highlighted as, say, Larry Summers, but someone who's been pretty clear about, hey, inflation's a little bit out of hand, puts a piece in the in the Wall Street Journal yesterday saying it needs it probably needs to say it needs a fifty basis point increase in the Fed funds rate and try to move the rate toward and say that the terminal rate now would go up to six percent. All of that happened in the last week, and lots of talking heads trying to figure out where we going. I've got a few of those talking heads for you coming up. I've got a few recordings of that, but I also want to read you some of the speeches. None of them, none of them got recorded. The one I thought was going to be recorded uh, by Governor Waller turned out uh, they had an incident with the Zoom connection. Somebody 
broke into the Zoom connection and displayed some inappropriate material. So they said, ah, we'll cancel the Zoom. And he mailed in his speech. It's up on their website. Um, But he had some very interesting things to say there as well. Lots of signaling uh, in advance of the of the uh, meeting of the Federal Reserve that that happens in 13 days. And so uh, they, the Fed has just entered its blackout period. Uh, so we're not going to see much in the way of talks uh, coming up here. Let's take a break here. We'll come back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Is now, almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Join me to Rally to Read 100 Books. Reading is Fundamental invites you to visit rallytoread.org today to learn about our reading campaign. Join the pledge to read 100 books, hear your child's favorite authors read their books, and find activities to keep young readers motivated. Teachers can also enter the Rally to Read sweepstakes for a chance to win 100 books for their own school, subject to rules. Visit rallytoread.org today. Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce Wet Technology Softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com.
King Banyan show, but we were talking in the green room before the show. Can someone work out for me why we have to have a, a month with only 28 days, which messed up my understanding of when job Saturday would come? Right? So, so everyone knows that the rhyme, right? 30 days have September, April, June, and November, right? There's four months with 30 days. One month with 28 days. 29 on leap years. Okay, yep, got it. And then all the rest have 31. Right? Um, why? why? Okay. Why can't I redistribute two of the 31-day months to February and make it 30 days? Can someone work out for me why that's true? Someone, okay, my, my crack research team of one is probably Googling this thing for me right now. Is going to post it at, using the hashtag pound KBRS or my, my Twitter handle, at Banyan Show, uh, that you could use here to, to follow along. Someone needs to work this out for me, but it's like it messes me up, for one thing. And then secondly, is not March the cruelest month here in Minnesota? You get these days where it's sort of like a temperature gets to 40, you got your jacket unzipped, you walk around like, yeah, you know, I could be getting into the garden pretty soon, or I could be hitting the golf course, or, or you know, they're going to sweep the streets and it's going to be safe for me to ride my bicycle again out there. Because everyone knows, right, when they've got all that dirt down uh, providing traction for cars through the winter, you can't take the bikes out until after that. Yeah, yeah, you fat tire people. Okay, you know what? That's not really a bicycle. That's that's just a human powered tank. That that, that ain't, that's not bicycling. Okay, I, my sister in law rides one of those fat tire things, and and I've looked at it. It's like, oh my god, that just looked, it, that's that's not a bicycle. Um, okay. I, Taking strong stands here on the King Bang Show on the Biz 1440. 651-289-4477. If you want to stand up for fat tire bicycling, you go right ahead. Okay? It's not for me. And I, and my days of riding a bicycle not on, a, not on pavement, on something other than pavement, that ended in my teens. We're done with that. Anyway, let's let's get back to, to the story. So the So I was reading this piece on Tuesday. And the piece was, are we headed for a recession or not? And, you know, so the first header, strong labor market, slowing inflation means we're heading for a soft landing. If you've listened to the show enough, you know, I don't believe the soft landing story. I don't think that's my, what I primarily think is going to happen, but it might. Okay, you can't throw it out. But as Larry Summers has said, uh, it's at odds with both economic theory and evidence. Basically, everything that's happened in the past. So, that's one story. Um, second story. Inflation isn't under control, and the labor market is too tight, so we're probably headed for a, for a hard landing. I believe this week was the week where more people started to ask, why aren't people believing that there's a hard landing coming? So here is, here is this is uh, Lindsay Piexa. She's the P- 
Pizza. She is the chief economist at Stifle Securities. She was on Bloomberg on Thursday being asked this question. And let's play her first. This is cut number two. But on the demand side, what we're seeing is this lingering imbalance between labor demand and labor supply. And that will not be solved by high inflation. That becomes the wage price spiral that the Fed so greatly fears, where high inflation leads to even higher inflation. So for the Fed, I don't think simply standing by the wayside and allowing natural markets to clear itself will be a long-term solution. And so after that, Pix says basically she she gets into the camp that she says, I think we need to get towards 6%. This happens the day after uh, Neil Kashkari, president of the Minneapolis Fed, gives a talk, gives a talk over in Sioux Falls, uh, yeah, in Sioux Falls, says, you know, the dot plot last time back in December, my projected terminal rate at the December meeting was 5.4%. And then he says, I'm leaning toward raising that estimate of the terminal rate. So he's putting his cards on the table. And let me remind you, Neil Kashkari is a voting member of the FOMC. This was remarkably underreported uh, in, the, in the press, in my mind. I, I'm pulling this off of a, off of a market watch website. Uh, but uh, it, was, it was fairly underreported. Uh, But he says, I'm open-minded about whether the next rate increases 25 or 50 percent. PX is kind of on board with this. Let's Let's play her again, cut number three. Well, I think they're slowly making their way, but they don't want to overpromise in terms of the terminal rate if, in fact, inflation does so, uh, excuse me, does show market improvement. But given the fact that the market and the Fed consistently underestimates the sticky nature of inflation, what we've seen is the Fed consistently revise higher their forecast, now 230 basis points higher than that initial forecast in March of last year. So... This uh, this point of, of inflation being sticky, and I, I and I played her because this was this was like about a minute, one minute of uh, of uh, the uh, Bloomberg surveillance show on Thursday. I was like, that's really good stuff. That, that right. So we're talking about you know, there's a supply side shock that is that is subsiding to some extent, uh, but there's still high demand. In some areas, not others. Look, if you're in the business of selling home improvement goods, uh, you probably have had your run. Your prices are beginning to fall. Your demand is softening. If you're selling goods that help support people having experiences, particularly social experiences, or if you're in the services sector, your prices aren't falling. Your prices are still quite sticky. Um, as quoted in uh, the, the, the 538 piece, uh, Jonathan Wright at, uh, uh, Professor Jonathan Wright at Johns Hopkins, inflation has a long way to go by any measure. I don't see how you get inflation down with wage growth the way it is. And given a fairly tight time horizon, I think the Fed will err on the side of doing too much. Right? Of doing too much. So that's... So the second possibility is, okay, the economy might land a little bit harder than otherwise expected. And what seems to be forgotten is the third possibility, that there's not a hard landing, there's not a soft landing, but then inflation, that, that the economy is just going to continue to grow and, 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 and 
then we're not going to actually see any landing at all, which is somewhat supported, at least in my mind. Um, uh, um, in my mind, <laughs> I'll have to read that later. The uh, the the research the research shop uh, on uh, secondary on uh, secondary bikes uh, on fat tire bikes, excuse me, is is just checked in. Um, but there is the the possibility that there is no landing, which uh, actually shows up in the in the data on GDP. But even there, uh, just reading this from uh, Bill McBride's excellent calculated risk blog, Bank of America now has their first quarter tracking estimate for GDP to a gain to a gain of uh, uh, of nine tenths of one percent down from one point three percent. That was uh, yesterday. On Wednesday, Goldman Sachs um, has taken its its final domestic sales forecast down one tenth to two point three. They're still on GDP of two point zero. Atlanta Fed's GDP now is at two point three, down from two point eight. There has been some softening. Um, there's been some softening after looking at the uh, data from the Institute for Supply Managers, particularly on the manufacturing side. Um, and so there are there are a number of forecasts that are out there that I think that I think support the idea that there's some landing going on, that there is some softness, at least in the last week. Uh, but I don't think I don't think it's the case that 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 we know yet whether the Fed is signaling. And, and I love you know sort of like the question that was behind what what Piesa said. On that second cut, um, the question was sort of like, well, when is the Fed going to let markets know what the rate's going to be? It's like, well, they, they've been kind of clear that they're, they think they've over-signaled. They think they may have actually done too much talking to the market. And even, even so far as Powell saying so in, at a presser after an FOMC meeting, has said, you know, we might be we might be causing people to rely too much on what we're saying, and not getting them to actually follow the data along. But I do think that the, that here's what I here here's what I think they've done, and maybe it's time for them to rethink the strategy. The statement of economic projections is a crutch that many people are using to figure out what they believe the Fed's going to do. The Fed does not release those projections at every meeting. They only do so at every other meeting. So a question that I think can be raised to policymakers, to the to monetary policymakers is, if you think you're signaling too much, perhaps you don't want to publish the statement of economic projections. And if you're worried that the market's doing trying to do too much interpretation on other things, why wouldn't you just publish a, a, an SCP? Why don't you do a dot plot after every meeting rather than after every other meeting? There's been zero discussion of that that I can tell publicly. I don't think there's been enough discussion. I don't think there's been discussion of it privately. But what I want what I want to talk to you about here coming up is is coming up next is, some of the other things you're hearing out there, some of this, some of the weirdness that you hear in, in, in how people are talking, both from the outside 
and even from Fed officials themselves. There were a couple of really interesting speeches this week. Unfortunately, I have to read them to you. There are no recordings available, but we're going to read you some text from a couple of talks for people you haven't heard very much from uh, lately. We'll do that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. You know what the best thing about all the snow on my roof is? What's that? Well, it hides the fact that I need a new roof. Well, there is that. Call JTR Roofing. JTR will give you an estimate and get your project on their calendar ASAP this spring. But there's a bunch of roofing and siding companies. Why should I call JTR? Check out their online reviews, like this one. I was able to get everything repaired at a great value. JTR Roofing service is above and beyond. I highly recommend them. Yeah, okay. Or this one. We're very pleased with the work JTR Roofing did. The quality and professionalism was outstanding. They did the job in one day and had everything cleaned up as well. Hmm. Locally owned JTR Roofing stands behind their work, and they'll be around for you in the years to come. JTR Roofing. Sounds like I better give them a call. Visit JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. JTR Roofing, windows, siding, and gutters. JTRRoofingInc.com. You can get a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price through this special limited-time offer. We're partnering with a local law firm that specializes in estate plans. If you don't have an estate plan, it could be up to the court to decide who gets your assets. This can be costly to your loved ones. You've heard the stories where even strong families have been torn apart in the process. Our attorney partner is offering a full package of estate planning services for just $1,500, regularly $3,000. It includes wills, power of attorney, health care directives, guardian, and conservator documents. Call the station and we'll put you in touch with our attorney for a no-obligation conversation to make sure this is the right fit for you and your family. There are only a few of these half-price estate plan offers available. Get your house in order today with a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price. Call the station at 651-405-8800. Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kowarski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. King Dang Show, the Biz fourteen forty. I have to say, when you do when you do uh, uh, talk radio and you get music that 
place behind you there. And particularly when I don't know what song uh, Spencer's going to play, there are times where he'll play a song. It's like, oh, I really don't even want to break into that. That's such a good song. Feels like you're, feels like you're, kind of like talking in the middle of the sermon in church. Um, you just want to sort of let it go, right? But anyway, it's my job. King Banyan Show, the Biz fourteen forty six five one two eight nine four four seven seven with questions and comments. I hope you'll uh, stay tuned for the next hour where we're gonna we're gonna talk about a number of things related to the debate in Washington right now about ESG investing or socially responsible investing more to use a more general term. ESG just happens to be the term of art that a lot of funds have used of late. But let's turn back to let's turn back to the fact that that you're beginning. We told you last week that we would see a lot of people beginning to try to signal to the Fed what they what they want monetary policy to do, and simultaneously, we would see lots of we would see um, Fed officials going out and saying, "Here's what I'm thinking." So let's let's. Play a, first of all, from the outsiders, two pieces. First of all, this is David Bianco, who is uh, the chief investment officer for DWS America um, uh, Securities. He was on Wall Street Week last night, um, and he had he had this to say about this idea that inflation is just being really sticky and really hard to bring down. Let's play cut number one. Uh, but so much data has come in suggesting that inflation's sticky, uh, particularly at services. Service demand is strong, thus jobs uh, are still strong. And it's a really tight labor market. And I think you've got a labor market that's not, that's not too pleased with the pay they're getting. You still have prices rising faster than wages and wages rising faster than productivity. So it, the, the path to a soft landing is getting trickier, but I think there's still time and maybe just a little bit of time left for the fed to act aggressively and bring down inflation so that call for aggression echoes what jason Furman had in the in the wall street journal i'm just going to read one paragraph that i think backs up uh, bianco uh or bianco backing up Furman. quote the fed should never react too much in any single data point but when the annualized three-month core inflation rate jumps from 2.9% to 4.7%, the central bank must take notice. When that happens after strong jobs data, data and faster wage growth, the Fed should plan on action. The expectation that inflation would melt away on its own was always unjustified. But the latest economic data have been especially unkind to team transitory. Um, so... So he says, and just before that, he says, he says the Fed should prove what it means uh, in terms of data dependency by shifting from a 25 basis point increase at its next meeting to 50 and should shift expectations toward a terminal rate around 6%. Um, echoing and maybe even going a little bit further on CNBC yesterday was uh, Anastasia Amoroso. She was she was on uh, discussing, discussing uh, she's from... She's from iCapital, uh, and she was on, and she had this to say about about where maybe that terminal rate needs to go. Uh, cut four, please. 
Yeah, I don't think it's 5%, Guy, because, you know, if you look at 5%, if you look at the core PC inflation, we're just looking at real rates still being right around zero. So that is not enough to sort of choke off the growth in the economy. I do think we have to start talking about six, six and a half percent rates until you really get into this restrictive territory that might dent the consumer and might dent the corporates. And of course, we're not there yet. And I think at some point, the Fed will likely have a rethink of what is the right level of restrictive policy i don't think that point is imminent well but if you listen to bianco and i my apologies i said that was on cnbc no that was also here on uh, here on a bloomberg show um as you know during the week you can listen to the biz 1440 and get bloomberg uh during the week and when i'm in driving around the cities it is exactly what i listen to and when I'm not driving around the cities, I pick up Bloomberg on I, I pick up Bloomberg uh, using something other than the Biz 1440, but it, it's it's my go-to. I will say, you know, both both Bianco and Amoroso uh, both conclude that a six percent rate is there. You heard you heard people say, uh, maybe we need to get to a little bit, maybe we need to get a little bit. Uh, a little bit uh, higher, like uh, you, I mentioned to you already that uh, Neil Kashkari said, I was at 5.4. I'm looking to revise my number up. Let me grab this. This is from, uh, this is not, I don't have sound for this. So so again, Governor, uh, Governor Chris uh, Waller, uh, Federal Reserve Governor Chris Waller, was planning to give a speech to a group in L.A. He wasn't going to fly to L.A. He was going to do the speech over Zoom. Apparently, the Zoom connection was was uh, invaded, hacked, whatever you want to say, by someone who decided to display inappropriate images. Um, so he had to just mail this in. So there's no recording of this. Um, he And I'm going to have to read a couple paragraphs of this to give you what this, to sort of say where he is. Recent data suggests that consumer spending isn't slowing that much. Labor market continues to run unsustainably hot, and inflation is not coming down as fast as I thought. Could be that progress is stalled, or it's possible that the numbers released last month were a blip, perhaps associated with unusually favorable weather. Thank you, thank you, uh, Dr. Waller. Uh, and that forthcoming data will show that economic activity and inflation resumed their decline. Fortunately, we will get the next employment report and CPI release ahead of the March 21-22 FOMC meeting, information that will affect my assessment on the appropriate next step of monetary policy. If job creation drops back down to a level consistent with the downward trajectory seen late last year, then I would endorse raising the target range for the Fed rates a couple more times to a projected terminal rate between 5.1 and 5.4%, which in a footnote he says... That's what the that's what the median forecast of FOMC from the dot plot back in December was. Quote, and this is the last one that I that I want you to hear. On the other hand, if those data reports continue to come in too hot, the policy target range will have to be raised this year even more to ensure we don't lose the momentum that was in place before the data for January were released. All right, so his plan was to give this talk, and this was going to be the big talk that he was giving. And I believe he's actually scheduled to do one more speech. The biggest speeches you'll hear is, of course, 
Chairman Powell is going to be up on Capitol Hill giving the semi-annual monetary policy statement, what we used to call the Humphrey Hawkins report. Okay, Congress in the 70s, uh, including action, uh, a bill that was issued, that was uh, authored by Senator Hubert Humphrey, along along with a Republican, Haw- uh, no, he wasn't a Republican, um, and now I've blanked on Hawkins' first name. But anyway, in 1977, the Fed included in a bill that affected the Federal Reserve. Remember, the Congress, Congress passes laws that define what the Fed can and can't do, um, and they, they told the Fed, you have to come up and talk to us twice a year and give testimony, uh, Mr. or Madam Chairperson. So he's doing that Tuesday this week? Hang on, let me get my calendar up. Um, it's uh, Tuesday. Okay, so you'll be at the Senate on Tuesday. You'll be at the House on Wednesday. Those will be the big talks. Uh, Senator, da- uh, it's not Senator, President uh, uh, Mary Daly's out speaking uh, sometime after lunch today. Uh, we won't obviously have her her comments on the show, but that's that's it. Except for I think a talk on Thursday by Governor Waller, which I think is the last one we'll expect. I tend to think that one or two presidents or governors will show up on uh, Bloomberg or CNBC or someplace over the next couple of days trying to get one last statement out there before the blackout period. I thought the blackout period was actually sooner. It turns out it's a, it, it, it turns out it does. It, I, I did my math wrong. It doesn't start till next Friday. Um, but you will, you should expect to see a couple more speeches, but generally speaking, we know what we're going to know about what they want to do. You've had, you've had people out there, uh, President Bostic, who's holding to that 5-1 to 5-4 range. He's probably in that 5-1 area. He doesn't want to raise more than one or two more times, and then he wants to do a pause. You've got Waller saying, I'm okay with what where we are in terms of maybe two or three more steps, but if uh, we get another month like January, I'm going to want to go more. You've got Kashkari, who interestingly was pretty dovish at one time, is now making the hawkish argument that he wants to go more than five and a quarter to five and a half. He's leaning that way. Now, if we get really soft data next week, question will be what what will we what will he revise that to? That's gonna and we don't know the answer to that yet. Of course, the big report next week, the unemployment report, the expectation is that the unemployment rate stays unchanged at 3.4%. The expectation right now on on uh, payroll jobs added is currently at 225,000 jobs. Um, I'm actually taking the under on that because I think 517 was an inflated number, and so I'm going to guess some of that's going to pull back. So I'm actually... I'm actually sort of like at a 180 to 190 number uh, would seem more reasonable to me, um, but that's just that's just playing on on thinking that some of that 517 is going to reverse. Uh, let's take a break here. I want to talk about one more speech that was given because it's a question I hear frequently from listeners, and I want to address it during this hour of the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440.
The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms including APR are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. $525 is a cost to empower one woman to save their baby at Robbinsdale Women's Center. Did you know that last year, 279 moms chose life for their unplanned pregnancy? You can support RWC by donating a one-time gift of $525 or $44 a month to save a baby. Donate at rwcinfo.org. Empowering a mom saves her child. Give today to make a difference at rwcinfo.org. The Ramsey Show. You're also supposed to enjoy money. Now, some of you that overspend out there, you spend like you're in Congress, you don't have any issue with this enjoying money thing. Enjoying money without overdoing it is a sign of maturity. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. It's a big job just getting by with nine kids and a wife. But I've been working, man, dang near all my life, and I'll keep on working. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Uh, thank you for being part of the show. We are, we are in the next hour, going to talk about, we're going to talk about ESG and the fuss over ESG and the long-time conversation ever since the 70s when a certain economist said something that everybody thought was just absolutely outrageous but defends it in a way that I think people have forgotten and maybe share a little bit with you of what it was that uh, that uh, he had said. Um, 651-289-4477. 
uh, with questions and comments. So to summarize, summarize, there are there are competing visions of what the economy is doing. What either a soft landing or a hard landing. I I'm in the hard landing camp still. So when if you ask me, does the data of the last month tell me that there's not going to be a recession? No. It makes me a li- it makes me possibly wrong in my recession call, but I'll stand by it. At the time I made the forecast, I thought it was right. I still think, by and large, the the weight of history is going to prove me out in the long run. But when you make a forecast, there's the risk that you're going to be wrong. That's um, why I pre- appreciated Governor Waller's comment. Look, I'm going to look at the data, and if there's a if there's two months in a row where I get, if there's a, if the, if it turns out there's two months of a row of higher than expected job growth, higher than expected wage growth, higher than expected inflation, I got to adjust. I've got to move my. We're, we are data dependent. We got to raise it up. So in some sense, what Governor Waller was saying and what and what Jason Furman were saying are are in agreement. And I do think there are a couple Fed governors who were maybe out of line with that, who say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but I, even two months isn't going to be enough, enough, or, 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 or you know, and, and, or trying to trying to sift the tea leaves to make it look look better. There will be others though who say, "Look, eh, what's the big deal here, really?" And some who will say, and this is the question I get asked frequently. Uh, some of my, a couple of my uh, Twitter followers have brought up, "Hey, the Fed's going to abandon two percent. Two percent is a target." And I thought about that as I was reading a speech. I'm trying to learn more about every time there's a new governor or new president who I've not really followed before. I read their speeches pretty closely because they're usually trying to tell tales up front. Philip Jefferson is a new governor at the board. He gave a speech to Jason Furman's class, his Act 10 class, the Principles of Economics course at Harvard. Um, this would have been on uh, Monday last week. And in it, among other things, he, he actually, and you can go read the speech, you can see the slides he showed to the class. If I had known he was, if I'd actually been following along and, and, knew he was giving the speech at the time, I probably would have watched it. I didn't, so I'm reading it and looking at his slide, slide deck too. I'm just going to read you a little bit about this because he addresses specifically the question. Um, he says, some economists argue that a higher inflation rate is better than the Fed's t- current 2% target rate. Changing the Fed's objective, long-run inflation objective, and, and in his footnotes, he uh, he talks about you know Larry Summers himself argued that back in the early in the in the early 1990s, but there really hasn't been much in the way of argument in the current cycle, which I think was interesting. He had all all the citations he had for who's argued that two percent isn't the right rate are at least uh, citations that are ten years old, um, but he says. Changing the FOMC's longer-run inflation objective would introduce an additional risk by calling into question the FOMC's commitment to stabilizing inflation at any level because it might lead people to suspect that the target could be changed opportunistically in the future. 
If so, then these reputational costs will undermine the key benefits of well-anchored, longer-run inflation expectations discussed above, an increasability of monetary policy to fight economic outturns, downturns without sacrificing price stability. Moreover, if the purpose of a higher inflation target is to increase the ability of the central bank to deal with severe recessions that follow financial crises, crises, then maybe a better strategic approach might be to rely on more vigorous supervisory and macroprudential policies that could re- reduce the likelihood of such events. In other words, stop, stop using interest rates to bail out banks. Instead, find the banks that are in trouble and address them before, before they reach a crisis. Well... I'd like to think they could do that, but I don't. I don't think that's a good reason, but I think the first one is the best reason. The best reason to not get off a 2% inflation target is because when you when you do it once, you can do it time and time and time again. And so you get this you get this issue that oftentimes we call, you know, you get this reputational effect, a loss of credibility. Cuz everybody knows that that at any time getting off the 2% target will make will give you a short run benefit at the fed the short run benefit of the 2% target is actually to the negative whereas the benefit in the long run is positive we call this a time inconsistency problem but in the long run the benefit is to stay at 2% and you know what credit to a somewhat independent federal reserve that it makes that long run value and doesn't think just about think of just about the short term. Okay? Or at least it shouldn't. It's not supposed to. And good for uh, Governor Jefferson for pointing that out. So we'll take a break here. When we come back, um, what is ESG? And what is the benefit of having uh, corporations run on greed? We'll talk about that after this. King Day Show, the business. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend 
isn't it enough? 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Relieffactor.com. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. I overdosed on heroin, and I lived. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. My desire to change had finally outweighed my desire to stay the same. I felt powerless for so much of my life. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can think it, they can do it. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. For the first time, I, I finally feel like I'm exactly where I should be, where I want to be. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The Biz 1440. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.